You are listening to Making Mama Magic with honest and authentic conversations about all things related to modern motherhood, wholehearted living, and peaceful parenting. Join me and my guests in our chats about redefining motherhood and parenting in a way that focuses on purpose, peace, and presence while pursuing dreams in life, career, and business in our unique, magical way. I am your host, Eva, and I empower moms to parent with connection and curiosity and to own their confidence in motherhood. Hi, welcome to Making Mama Magic Podcast. In today's episode, I speak with Chrissy Thomas, an early childhood educator based in Canada and also a resource for infant educators associates. She's passionate about bringing parents and educators together who are interested in offering respectful care for children without the pressure for perfect. For me, I started my empowered parenting journey by learning about the power of presence and connection through the work of the founder of RAI, which is Resource for Infant Educators, and her name is Magda Gerber. So it was really lovely chatting with Christy on these topics that are close to our hearts, such as how can respectful parenting help in building self-confidence and trust in our children since they are babies? What are the ways that uh, are simple and easy to start off parenting with respect with our children amidst the busyness of life, work, and parenting. How has connection impacted the way we parent and how our children engages us? And last but not least, is respectful parenting, permissive parenting? How can parents discipline in a way that's effective while also parenting them and treating our children with respect? So this is a really juicy episode. I had a really hard time trying to um, draw out the essence of this, but I think whatever that is in this episode is really a great summary and encapsulate the essence of respectful parenting. And I hope you enjoyed the episode. And with that, let's dive into this. Today, I have the honor with me, Christy Thomas who will be sharing us about her work on educating and the respectful parenting approach. So welcome, Christy, to Making Mama Magic podcast. Thank you. It's really exciting to be here. Great. Thank you so much for being here. As a start, share with us about yourself and your work. Sure. My name is Christy Thomas, and I do a lot of writing online under Inspired by Infant, which is where I share a lot about my work with as a RIE associate, which stands for Resources for Infant Educators. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also a mom of two teenage girls, Chloe and Olivia, who are 15 and 18. My full-time job is actually working as a program director for an early childhood center. Nice. So you mentioned about RIE, which is um, one of the things that you are trained in as a RIE associate. Could you share a bit more about 
your journey in right and respectful parenting and educaring and how has it inspired you in terms of your parenting journey as well as your work in early childhood? For sure. Yeah, so I heard actually about courses for infant educators and Magda Gerber when I was a student in early childhood many, many years ago. It really was something that resonated well with me. More recently in 2017, where I had the opportunity to do a more intensive course, learning about what does work, learning about the right principles, and studying more thoroughly what those practices kind of look like, putting respect into action. I recognized that this was like an approach that I really wanted to dive into further and study and share with not only families that I work with, but educators that I work with as well. What I loved about it was it taught me to kind of slow down and really be intentional with how I engage with my children and and other people's children. And it's a practice that really helps us um, support the raising of a respectful generation. And Mm. so practices that I think if we were to start in early childhood would really build a strong community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've read a number of books by Magda Gerber and I felt such peace reading the book. I think Rai has really transformed the way I see parenting. I was raised in an Asian household where there's a lot of emphasis on achievements, on more of, you know, what we can do as a person. And when I first got to know Rai, I was quite amazed <laughs> by this kind of parenting can exist. That's one of the first thoughts that came to my mind. And, and I, I remember I got to know Rai when my first born was like, around five or six months. And I was thinking, wow, this is such a powerful way to engage children and honor them for who they are, that that being. And yeah, it's just beautiful to see the power of connection and presence. Absolutely. Yeah. and, And how we as parents have that power in a way to influence and inspire children to grow in their own ways and really to honor who they are as a unique being because babies they are they are just also a being as well. Sometimes we, we often do things to them, not mm-hmm. with that. So I think that's also one of the things that I have learned through Rai and also through Montessori practices that I've learned and adopted in my as part of my own training that I did with, about Montessori as well. For so sure, I, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's a wonderful way that I have learned along my journey to to really to learn about more about myself and also learn more about my children since they were little beings. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, the impact like I as you say, just how Magda puts it, like someone is deeply invested in me and like just accepting who you are in that moment and just 
how empowering that feeling is. And I just think, you know, what a gift we can give children from a very young age that who they are and what they are doing in that moment is is perfectly okay and right and at a pace that is on track, right? It just, it's a, to me, it's a practice that really fits for families and children of all different developmental levels and abilities. Mm-hmm. It really just, it, like you say, it's super empowering. And like to start that message from so young and then to, for them to carry that into young adulthood and then later parent themselves from that place. I just think it's such a huge gift that we can give to that future generation as well. Yeah, indeed. A lot of moms, they are quite confused with a lot of parenting style nowadays. <laughs> yes. I mean, they are in the different terms like positive parenting, respectful parenting. And then there's a lot of different tools and discipline methods and everything. What would you tell a new mom like uh, if let's say they want to practice the right approach, but they are like full-time working mothers, but they still want to do it in some ways or another. What do you think is a starting point for them? I think the biggest thing that I've come to realize is that it is okay to just enjoy some of those moments that we don't need to enter every moment or experience or every day with so much expectation of Mm. ourselves of our children I think there never is a sense where we would have to tell a mom to do more (laughs) because by nature as moms we tend to do 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 and and add a little bit more in there because we want to offer our very best for our children yeah and I think sometimes we forget that we can just be present with our children that we can just pause for a moment and enjoy the moment for what it is and give ourselves grace that if it wasn't perfect, there's another moment coming. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just, I love Magda says, do less, serve more and enjoy most. Um, because that's something that we can just easily do, like flow ourselves down and just pause for a second to appreciate what's happening right there. Yeah, that's one of my favorite quote from McDonald's. as well. <laughs> I think that's something that I really try to consciously do in my own parenting approach. I mean, like a lot of us thrive on feeling productivity and feel like yeah. you know we don't want to do enough for ourselves in our own work and in our own parenting mm-hmm. journey so much so that we have the pressure to do for also for our children whether is it in terms of them wanting to play or, or interact with something or giving them the exposure that we think they need as a human and as a growing child but there's also a power in terms of uh, really honoring who they are as a person, like what you mentioned earlier. 
there's this magic in the being with, right? Really to kind of like notice and slow down and being mindful and, and with that full presence. And I do see that through that infants, especially with my firstborn, they, they feel more confident. They feel more secure in terms of trying to do what they want and, you know, achieving what they think they can, they can do within their own pace, of course. And I think mm-hmm. there's really beauty in terms of feeling the empowerment since young. It's really giving them the power of curiosity to, to be willing to explore and learn. For so, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, that itself is really something that it goes back to what kind of attributes that the mother wants a child to have. If confidence and security is something that mothers want in the child, then I, I think the approach of Rai definitely would be something that they can explore and learn how they can introduce as part of their parenting journey as well. Yeah. It, I, I sometimes uh, have talked with even my team of educators mm. about that there's always this sense of needing to do something, this expectation that we have to be busy and yeah. we have to, that if we're just sitting and being present with our children, that somehow we're not doing enough. And it's just that switch of mindset is that instead of what are we doing, thinking about like, who are we being with them? Mm-hmm. Uh, are we treating them with respect? Are we yeah. talking to them and involving them in what's happening? Are we like encouraging their participation rather than like moving them around, like you say, like objects, right? They're citizens too and and involving them in that and really just honoring that like right away is so much doing. <laughs> yeah. You know, it just looks a little different than the busyness of our world around us. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because the pandemic is it almost it's like the perfect time, I think, for some of these conversations because it kind of forced us to stop and slow down a bit more. Yeah. And we kind of didn't know what to do with ourselves because that was so unusual. And yet, when you like really dive into like what Magda shares in her principles and practices, it is really just like, you know, slow on our pace down and not rushing through life because, you know, like that idea of stopping and smelling the roses, you know, like and we can move a little slower and we'll actually get more out of it because it's like quality not like so much other excess we're used to multitasking and doing so many things at one time it's hard to kind of put aside that running list of things that we have to get done or or our phones or all those kinds of things peaceful partnerships with our children really starts from infancy I mean, there are a lot of things that Magda mentioned inside the book. While you were talking about this, I I had a memory where I was introducing my firstborn. I think then he was probably around six or seven months old, two options of clothing. So I was just inviting him to choose. And my father-in-law said that 
please don't give him the choice. You know, he will always want something in his way. But I was thinking like, yeah, that's what I was trying to do to invite him to participate and to be involved in the caregiving activities. And, and I think that's one of the easiest way mothers and parents could start doing respectful parenting as well because sure. we are already doing all these caregiving activities every day, right? It's using these opportunities that is present and kind of inviting them to be part of the process, part of the experiences together. Yeah. Yeah. The amount of time we spend in caregiving routine, absolutely such a simple way to like quickly add like that element of respectful parenting into your everyday routines talking with your child telling them what's going to happen next like you said even just a simple choice of you know the red shirt or the blue shirt showing them and and giving them that opportunity to grab which one they want you know sometimes like we think about how we would want to be treated just as you know human beings when people ask our opinion or tell us what's going to happen next we feel like we're a part of the process in your journey as a early childhood educator and also a mom to two how have you seen connection impact the way that the children engage you in terms of like activities or things that you do with them yeah i i think Sometimes as adults, we kind of force that participation because, you know, we're the adults and we should be in control. But I think shifting to the educating approach and, and inviting children's participation, like giving them time to make some choices of are they comfortable and are they ready to join me? I've seen stronger bonds with children in that way because they know they can trust me, that they know what to expect when I'm with them. They know that they're going to be included. But on the same token, that I'm going to have, you know, set some boundaries too. Um, the adult that has a little bit more life experience and is going to be there to keep them safe. Mm -hmm. um, I think involving them in conversations right from a very young age and using authentic language and um, talking to them just as you would any other person. For my children now as a young adult, I found that we have a lot of really deep and meaningful conversations. Like we have had that throughout their years. and. I know that they will come talk to me about things and that we can have that back and forth exchange. And so it, it's really been kind of nice to see that. And that whole idea of like the terrible twos and the terrible teenagers, I, I feel like that really changes things when you respect them right away and you talk to them and you involve them. Um, then they are seen as like, they don't have to like fight for them. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just feel like the connection and the relationship building is so much more authentic and more real. Yeah, yeah. 
nice to also hear from your experience being a parent to two teenagers. <laughs> and I, I think because a lot of moms and parents, we, are, we often think, okay, you know, we are doing this. It's, it's hard, but we know that this is something we want to do. But it's also something worthwhile that we, we can do because hearing from stories from you, you know, like the journey of parenting through the respective parenting approach until teen and beyond. While you're talking, it reminded me of the book that I was reading called Horn to Your Kids by Gordon Newfield. He also okay. mentioned about the, the power of connection and relationships and how it would impact us of like way beyond teenagers and adulthood because the relationship since as a child, as, a, as an infant even, impacts the way that our children see us. And as they go along to have meet more friends and peers, they can have uh, interest in, in what their friends are doing and all. But in the end, if the relationship with the parents is strong and secure, they will still see their parents as like an anchor, as, as a way of guiding their own decision-making and uh, making sense of the world. So I think it's something that I feel it's important, but it takes effort for parents to really to be aware as a constant basis and really practice and remind ourselves that what matters most is the relationship with our children, right? It's not about what we do, what they do, it's the relationship. Yes, for sure. Yeah, it's, it is one of those things where it, it, it isn't a short game, like an immediate fix all the time. Like is a, a hard but very worthwhile process. Like I always think of like what are those lifelong outcomes that you want? And like we just practice them in different ways. Like as an infant, we give them the opportunity to kind of like struggle in small things and like practicing rolling over and mm. being there to encourage them and say, you got this, you could do this, right? Rather than forcing that because it's on our agenda. But then when they're, you know, younger children, it might be, you know, struggling to make friends a little bit, like listening to them and, and watching them have some of those struggles to really show them that they're competent and capable in some of those skills. And then, you know, later on, like, as we saw this past year for my oldest daughter, like going off to university, like right. I, we were able to really look back and be like, I wonder if, you know, like giving her some opportunities as an infant, as a toddler, or as a young child to say, yeah, struggle is part of life and mistakes are part of life, but it's also, you can do it and we're here to help you and we're here to cheer you on, not to do it for you and make life super easy, but to trust in your competence and to be available to ask for help like it just seems like those processes and like you say knowing that the parents can be an anchor and the relationship can be solid like you just think ahead to like well then maybe like when they become parents themselves then they can you know return to us and you know say oh no what do I do you know situation. <laughs> Like it just kind of comes full circle yeah. and I just like it, it, it isn't just a practice that 
is just for one age group, right? It's something that is so applicable for our whole life. It just, the situations just change kind of a bit older. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful to have the sense that you're a child, a person can be trusted to do what they can do and will learn eventually mm -hmm. and to discover more about themselves as a person as they grow along in their journey from infant to toddler to children and to teenagers and to adult and parenthood. And yeah, well, the whole stages of life. And yeah, I mean, for, for me, I've been practicing respectful parenting for the past four years, but it's hard because sometimes you're in the trenches of like, yes, you know, difficult situations. Like, because I have a second born who is almost six months now. And it's been really rough for my first born because of so many transitions in his life. Uh, but I think it's really about knowing what's the focus, uh, the relationship, the parenting. And conversations with people like you and with other people who, who believe in it. And that really helps to give that perspective right to to know that, that it's, it's something that needs work is hard work and it's worthwhile work yes yeah i think too it's important to remember that um we will make mistakes like that's kind of an extended thing and some days it's gonna be harder and we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll go off the rails you know some days we will but, shout we could talk louder but we can kind of come back to it and be like, okay, we made a mistake. Let's try this again. And like, oh, I struggled with that a lot as a young mom. Wanting to do it like perfectly or I should do this or I should know this because, you know, I earned this practice or I, I train educators. Like, yeah. oh, why is this so hard? <laughs> you know, but my journey looks very different from someone else's journey and it doesn't make it better or worse. It just is, it's mine and in my children and we're all very unique to other people. And I think at the time, like in those trenches, I didn't necessarily see that. And I, I struggled with that a lot, but now as I'm teaching that I'm engaging with more people that are trying on this practice and People are sharing online a lot more and being a little bit more open to authentically sharing. <laughs> like it's not all mm -hmm. happiness and like the rainbows, you know, that real life is hard sometimes and that's okay. Like, and so I think that's why I love sharing about the practice because it helps affirm like it's okay to make mistakes if, and and like your mistakes can serve a purpose to help somebody else go oh good and it's not just me that you know had a hard time with that mm -hmm. and so i think it's really fun to connect with people that are practicing this or trying it on and really wanting the best for their children and for their communities and knowing that we can all kind of encourage one another and help each other out like that we're not just doing it by ourselves without larger community. Yeah. Like what the line always says, it takes a village to raise a child. Mm -hmm. And it also takes a village to raise 
and empower mothers to, you know, parent in a way that feels good to them. Like, yeah, because there's so many pressures from everywhere, whether it is society, from families, from other people, from their workplaces. And that support is so much needed for mothers to feel more confident as well in terms of what kind of parent they want to be and how they want to engage and build the relationship with their children. <laughs> yeah, it's a brave journey for sure. It's it's not an easy one, but it's so, as I say, like truly, truly worthwhile. Yeah. I mean, it's quite funny because we talk about trust in our own children. Yeah. Like, sometimes we kind of like don't trust ourselves. We <laughs> think sometimes that, you know, we should have done better when they are sleeping and we are like late at night thinking about <laughs> what we should be. And, all. and I do that very often as well. It's quite funny also. I mean, it's, it's, I guess that's the journey of being a mother, right? Like we want to do better. Yeah. <laughs> like sometimes all our children want is really our own presence and time with them. And, and yes. now they know that we are available for them to lean on us for decisions, for comfort, for whatever, whatever that they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a... We're not being graded or evaluated. <laughs> yeah. Even though, even though like our reflective brains, that, that is like a curse of people that like learn and grow and reflect. Yeah. And overdo it sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. we just can let it be and enjoy it. Yeah. That's, that's what Magdalene's trying to tell us too. Sometimes yeah, like, we just enjoy it. <laughs> Yeah, and just be with, just just really look in it with, with, just just enjoy really just to know that our children are with us and our people who we love are with us and, and just really enjoy and being present. I think yeah. it is easy to say to some people, but it takes effort. Yes, and for sure. People are, you know, more achievers and all, but I think once we realize the magic of being present, being with, I think it's beautiful because we we stop thinking about what we need to do. Yeah. I think the doing part is it's really linked to how we see ourselves being productive and how we identify ourselves as as a person who needs to do it all and, and what to do with our children. Something that I really appreciated how the right approach has given me that space to notice these beautiful moments in, in the mundane, in, in those magical moments of caregiving that we can slow down and really just be present as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about the topic about discipline. So one of the things that I have noticed from some Friends and people that I spoke with about discipline, especially in respectful parenting and right approaches, would you be able to share a bit more about like what is the perspective of discipline in right? Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes the misconception is inside of you know respectful parenting or gentle parenting is that we somehow don't ever utilize uh, discipline in terms of guidance and and I think that's where Mata taught was that 
discipline is to teach and and to to guide. It's not to punish. So it's it's not completely disregarding guidance, but it's doing it in a, a respectful way. And so thinking about simple rules, simple things that we want children to follow and clear and consistent boundaries and expectations. Sharing with the children what it is that we expect them and and be clear and consistent in how we support them in kind of following those practices and following those kind of rules and expectations. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's great to know that there are still things that we do if we practice discipline under responsible parenting or right approach is it's not it's not, you know, the the typical ways of discipline like what we know, but really it's the boundaries that we set for our children. Yeah, and I think just going back again to that relationship piece, really mm-hmm. in helping the children to understand kind of the why behind what we're asking yeah. them to have to use for just engaging them in that process so that they understand, so that they're following because they're wanting to be active participants, not they're following just because they are blindly compliant. Sometimes I think in our goal of trying to keep children safe, we kind of enforce rules and, mm-hmm. and are really rigid and really mm-hmm. stern and use those like old school authoritarian techniques of like punish mm-hmm. but inside of the educating approach it's really just um understanding a child's perspective of like if they're doing something out of curiosity or because there is a developmentally appropriate if we can understand their perspective but because we have more life experience and we know why things happen in a certain way or mm. why um, certain items need to be out, out of bounds or that are that are not safe to utilize in a certain way, we can be clear and consistent in in those expectations and help mm-hmm. them understand that it's, you know, for their safety or for for their well-being not just a, a blind rule to follow for no reason at all. Yeah, I think also sometimes people might find it the right approach or the respectful parenting approach may not work because they find that their children may keep on testing the boundaries and limit and they might find that, oh, it's not working. I need to use more authoritative ways or like loud voices. I think it's also having the knowledge that it's normal for children to test limits and boundaries as well. And it's not it's not because it's not working, but it's their own innate curiosity, I guess, like what you mentioned in terms of wanting to make sure that 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 boundary is firm and that boundary is there to keep me safe. I think that's something that a lot of parents might find it a bit concerning about such kind of approaches. Yeah, it takes it takes a little bit more time and intention, patience 
for mm-hmm. sure. Because as you say, it is truly like typical and normal for children to test those boundaries. It's kind of like mm-hmm. the, the fence, you know, they'll push against the, that in that fence to see, is it, is it solid or is it a movable fence? Right. And so that's mm-hmm. where the, the consistency and the clarity comes in, you know, simple and clear and consistent. Just reaffirming, yeah, this for sure is the boundary. You know, I think about things like, you know, when we say it's bedtime, or we've gone through that process of bedtime and mm-hmm. wanting, now I'm going to say goodnight and we're going to close the door and, and we'll see you in the morning. You'll stay in your room. I think sometimes that one scenario, I guess, that, you know, children like to test that boundary. Well, what if I come out and instead of try this? What if I come out, what happens if I do this? You know, but if we set that clear boundary of, you know, ensuring that their needs are met and, and all those things, but reinforcing the consistency of, but we're going to go back to our room because, you know, we're going to sleep here and we'll see you in the morning, you know, <laughs> as they're old enough to really understand that, that then that consistency and that consistent practice of like reinforcing this is what we're going to follow through on. And the reason is your body needs rest. Yeah. At a safe place, you know, simple things where we can reinforce those things in a way that is respectful and the children to understand them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love that you mentioned about letting them know that their body needs rest. Because I think as they grow older, as children, having attunement within themselves allows them to trust themselves and their bodies and their decisions as well. Which I've noticed that that helps my child, my older child who is four this year to be aware of. And I think it leads him to make decisions that they, he feels that, okay, I'm just going to try this and, and work this out and, and do something that makes my body feel good. And I think that, yeah, I think that's a beautiful way to allow them to feel confident in what he's doing and knowing what interests them or not interests them. I think it's, it's like a scaffolding of building that confidence. Yeah, I'm just really quite amazed by, by how he's trying to figure out with, with his little brains as well, like trying to think. So, so yeah. it's beautiful to see how his thinking process and imagination evolve as well when he's given that empowerment to, to trust in himself. Yeah, to trust his instincts, yes, and what his body is signaling to him for sure. Yeah, yeah. We could all we could all learn those skills from <laughs> very young children. Yeah, yeah, because they are just so innately in a tube. As yes. compared to us as adults, unfortunately, sometimes we are so busy doing so many things in our work, in our family and all. And... I mean, we learn so much from our children, right? If, if we see them, you know, really attuned and, and we ourselves, uh, it's also a sign for us to pause and just be more mindful in terms of our thoughts, our, our being as a person. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I, I actually, that is one of the reasons why I chose the name of my business inspired by infants is I really do think when you closely pay attention to them, they're like so beautifully designed (laughs) humans that a young infant will, you'll let us know when they're hungry and play until they're tired and fall asleep we really let them Mm. and slowly over time we as human beings like you say get so busy we forget to trust our body telling us when we're hungry or when we're tired or when we need a break and so like it is beautiful to see when like you say your son is like learning what does this feel like? I, I, can I do this? Should I try this? You know, do I need to pause for a moment or have a rest? You know, yeah. not to see it as like a punishment, like we sometimes as adults do, like, oh, I'm resting. I must be really lazy. No, you're resting mm-hmm. because you're <laughs> needs a break. It needs a yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's great. It's interesting because we're, learning from children and infants through the educating approach but we're also retraining that in ourselves and trying Mm -hmm. to model that for our children too so that it's practices that they can believe in they can their bodies they can trust themselves and their capabilities they are like such mighty learners and we sometimes work at that. So to have a trusted adult really affirming that mm-hmm. message for them, I, I think is really important. And just for ourselves as caregivers, yeah. a, remind, a good reminder of some important lessons that we could maybe sit, grab onto as well. Yeah, definitely. I think motherhood and parenting has allowed me to really reflect very deeply about the person that I am and the person I want to be and the parent I want to be. And I think it's always, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really like what you say. I'm always inspired by my own children and to think about what kind of things I could be as a model to them and not just modeling, but also embodying those things within me and to be that person that I, I want for myself, not for the children, but for myself as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So how do you think mothers in this modern age could, can enjoy parenting and motherhood better? Whether it's in terms of mindsets or in terms of things to do or whether in terms of like any ideas that you think they could really just enjoy? Well, I think... One of the things that I've learned is that it's okay to take care of yourself too. Mm -hmm. Um, If we take good care of ourselves, we're better able to care for others. And so it's not selfish to also make sure that your needs are met as well. Mm -hmm. And in modeling that, your children also learn some self-awareness of others as well, that others have needs too. I would love to see all moms like starting out their journey be reminded of that and not to feel bad about also caring themselves and their needs you know 
that our children don't have any set expectation of who we are going to be or what we should be. They just want us and they just want to spend time with us and they want us to enjoy spending time with them too. And so it doesn't have to be huge. It can just be those little moments and, you know, having a conversation with them or having a diaper change, Mm -hmm. looking them face to face and just, you know, taking some time to enjoy that moment. And also not being afraid to ask for help and not being afraid to say it's hard. Mm -hmm. I think that that is a hard because we always want to succeed. But asking for help is also a life skill that our children will appreciate in life too. And sometimes we need help too. Like we were talking before, it takes a village. So it's okay to ask for help and to try again the next day. If people would like to connect with you, how can they connect with you and get to know about your work in the right approach? For sure. So on Instagram, I'm at Inspired by Infant. So I have an account there. And I also have a website of the same name, www.inspiredbyinfants.ca. You can message me through any of those platforms. And yeah, I just, I love connecting with other people who want to talk about this stuff. It helps me learn more too and gain better perspective as well. Thank you so much for sharing, Christy. And I'll put all the links in the show notes of the episode so that people can get connected with you and have conversations about the Rye and also the Adikari approach. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was so great to meet you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. If you'd like to further the conversation with me, do connect with me at Instagram at The Curious Mama or subscribe to my newsletter where I will share a bit more about resources relating to this topic as well. And if you'd like to show your love for this podcast, please leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. This will really mean a lot to me. Till then, take care and remember that you are enough and keep on making magic in your unique way. Bye.